The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Welcome to The Career Confidant, and thank you for joining us today. Today, we are covering another great topic here on The Career Confidant, and if You've been listening to the show. You know our goal is to help you take control of your own career. And many of you, even though you're employed, are looking for work. And we have a great treat for you today in our guest, Johnny Holdeman, who offers a fresh perspective on why we're not getting any results, why we're getting the dark hole of our resume, not never hearing back. And, and Joni, I know that you have shared some information in the, if you're on the webpage, listening to The Career Confidant, you see the outline of our show today, and kind of shares that the job search can be depressing. And Johnny is an Academy Certified Resume Writer and a member of the Career Thought Leaders Consortium with a great background to help us figure out why we might be not hearing anything back or getting rejections. And so thank you to Dave for, for joining us, Johnny. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. Now, you've written a lot of books and, and articles on resumes, and you've coined this term or catchphrase, I guess, that it's not you, it's your resume. So tell us a little bit about where that catchphrase comes from. It's not you, it's your resume. What I hear from my clients over and over is that fear is a huge factor in the job search. We either fear candidates, either fear that they won't find a better job, or if they happen to be between jobs, they fear that they'll never find another one. And the rejection of having your resume just disappear into a black hole feels so personal. Um, So what actually happened is I told a client recently, as I often do, that I can summarize the problem with your whole job search in one sentence. You are using a 2005 resume in a 2016 job search, and it simply doesn't work. And the client replied to me, that he had such a feeling of relief to realize that employers are not personally rejecting him. They're just rejecting this digital file, this piece of paper that's an outdated resume that's non-functional. Yeah, Uh, and things have changed a lot since 2005. Pardon? Oh, things have changed a lot since 2005. 
I'm I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Oh, things have changed a ton since 2005. Um, it's amazing. You know, a resume is no longer just a pretty piece of paper. It's a digital file that has to interface with software in very specific ways, as well as delivering instant impact for the human readers, the prospective employers. And the number one mistake I see on self-written resumes is they lack the focus, branding, and keyword optimization to make that candidate stand out. So, you know, your resume is literally a six-second text-based commercial about why you are the best candidate for the job. Um, And that's the part that I think employers uh, employees, candidates are missing, and that's why your resume disappears into that dark hole. Yeah, and there's um, interesting that you say they've got to match the needs of both quote unquote readers, right? We have to match the needs of the system, the computer system that most companies use, and then we also have to appeal to that human reader. Exactly. So we're actually, when we create a resume, you know, typically when you write a book or a magazine article, you're speaking to one audience or even when you create a television commercial, usually they have a very targeted audience. The, the thing that makes resume writing so complex is that we have these two entirely different audiences, one of which is actually a machine, is a software system. And the other one, of course, is the human readers that will be seeing it. And that's a unique challenge. Um, I actually have written uh, books on many topics, have ghostwritten books on many topics. And I have to tell you, in some ways, resume writing is harder. Right, because you've got many different audiences. And especially if a candidate is unfocused in terms of their job search, then you've only, then you're compounding the problem because it's hard to speak to many different audiences, even if you're very focused in your job search. Exactly. And, you know, um, I'm to the point, and I'm going to assume that other resume writers perhaps are too, where I tell my clients, you know, I can create a great resume for you for one job title. I can maybe create a great resume for you for two or three job titles. But honestly, if if your resume says, I'm a great accountant, I'm great at marketing, and I'm a great astronaut, that prospective employer is going to see you as 33% qualified, whereas if we focus on any one of those goals with your same work experience and skills, that prospective employer is going to see you as 95% qualified. Right, and that's so hard as a professional resume writer and I I know it's hard for my clients that they have to focus in so much because it feels like we're giving something up it feels like we're narrowing our options I was just working with an individual who's worked at a small organization worn many different hats and now is looking at some bigger organizations and they are not going to really add value with all those hats they want to know you know, can you do HR? And if you can do HR, they don't really care that you've managed facilities or managed some other kind of program. They just want to see the HR work that you can do. And of course, for someone with 25 years of experience, that seems like you're leaving a lot out. 
but you're just telling the story that makes sense to the person that's reading it. Totally. I, I totally agree with you, Murray. That's why you're so good at this, um, is, you know, employers today, executives today are trained that they can achieve a competitive advantage for their company by always hiring the most highly qualified expert for each opening. So if they're hiring an HR person and all they want to hear is HR, in their mind, the most highly qualified person is someone who's focus has always been HR. Um, it, you know, and, and in that sense, it's like any other message that we're exposed to today. We used to read books, and now we read 140 characters on Twitter. <laughs> and so the message has to be more focused. But I, I want to back up because I think you touched on something that's really important um, intuitively, and I see this over and over with very intelligent people who are very good problem solvers. If we're not getting traction on our resume in the first, you know, month or two, our impulse is usually to cast a wider net. Oh, okay, I need to broaden my focus. I need to make a generic resume or I need to make a resume that's, you know, that's focused on three different specialties instead of just marketing or just HR. But the truth is, yes, you can use that resume to apply for a lot of different jobs, but you probably won't be one of the top ten candidates for any of those jobs, and that means it translates into zero interviews. Right. That's very, it is very counterintuitive. Um, to be more focused and thinking that more focus is going to help us. And I'm guessing that these are some of the things that you see as different between a resume in 2005 and 2016. What other differences have have come about in the last 10 years for resumes? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, one, um, from, from the very difficult to the very simple, one of the simple ones is just formatting. And um, part of that is almost, I don't want to say a matter of fashion, but it, it's sort of what we're accustomed to. Um, it used to be even five or seven years ago that executive resumes were black and white. And now, unless a client is in a very conservative industry like investment banking, um, even executive resumes will feature an accent color. Uh, resume research with eye tracking technology has actually shown that the prospective employer, the human reader, will spend more time on a resume that has uh, an accent in a single color. Now, not in multicolors, but in a single color. So that's a huge factor. And, of course, you know, the keyword optimization. We can't get away from the ATS, the Applicant Tracking System, so I personally believe that adapting to it and learning to leverage it as part of the job search, as just one more tool that we use, is the best tactic to pursue. Interesting. So you said it, one color, one color accent is more attractive for an executive resume, and there's been some research around that? Um, yes. Actually, I believe that is the same research that... Um, that a prominent resume company <laughs> did with eye-tracking technology. And what they found was really with human readers, there were two factors that increased the amount of time that a human reader spent on the resume. One, 
was generous use of white space. Um, so not having a resume that's too cluttered or too busy. And the second one was, again, the use of a single color. Now, what's interesting is I don't mean shades of a single color, like, you know, pink, rose, red. No, just the red. Um, they also found that once the resume started using multiple colors, that was almost a distraction. And, again, the humans stopped paying attention to the content and actually spent less time on the resume. Um, and don't get me wrong, I have clients who are somewhat conservative, who are executives and would prefer not to have a color on their resume, and that's fine. But certainly for every professional resume that I prepare, um, I go ahead and put a color on it, and they perform very well for clients. Yeah, and that's always our challenge, right, as resume writers or as professionals in the job market is that we have to consider our audience as well as our brand when we're making these decisions because there isn't one right answer that we all need to use color or that we all use only one color or that, you know, there's no, there aren't as many rules as we would like there to be because it's marketing. And so our, our brand really is... True. Yeah, it's it's branding, it's marketing, which means we've got to think about the person that we are marketing and their audience and find the place That's where those two things true. come together. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And, you know, it's somewhat subjective, but what I um, tell my, my clients is, you know, you don't have to love the way I do it. I can totally understand if you decide to work with a different resume writer, but you pick someone who's certified. And, of course, I'm prejudiced, but I prefer the ACRW certification because that denotes a certain level of expertise and a high level of training. And among ACRWs, we find, probably find people who do only black and white resumes and find people who only do colored resumes, you will, but you'll still get a high-quality product. Yes. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we're going to continue talking to Johnny about resumes and how they've changed, common challenges, and how they can be solved so that you can get your resume seen by that actual human on the other side of the reviewing system. So we'll be right back in just a few minutes. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. The leaders of today have certain characteristics that set them apart as success stories. These leaders have discovered transformational leadership. Now, you can discover the same ideas, insights, and programs that have led them to success. 
Inside Transformational Leadership is produced by Georgetown University's Institute for Transformational Leadership. We'll explore these success stories every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. There are two types of leaders in business. Those who are nice, compassionate people. And frankly, they are the people who fail to get a lot done. Then there are those who can get everything done and so much more. But they are greedy, unethical, and self-centered. The Compassionate Samurai Business Hour with Kathy Fairbanks finds a way to use the best of both types of leaders to help you create a dynamic roadmap to success. Tune in every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Business. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we're talking with Johnny Holderman, who is an Academy Certified Resume Writer, about how resumes have changed and why you might be experiencing that black hole syndrome where you're sending in resumes and you're never hearing anything back. So Johnny was just sharing the research that was done um, showing how to get your resume read or how to get a reader to spend the most time on your resume and sharing that that included a nice balance of white space as well as using one color in your resume actually helps attract that reader to stay a little bit longer. So very interesting, all the things that have changed from 2005 to 2016. So, Johnny, tell us a little bit, what are the common challenges that you see people facing in their resumes, and how do you suggest that they solve some of those challenges? Oh, my gosh, Marie, there are so many. Um, Nearly every job seeker has some problematic aspect of their professional history. So the first thing is, don't even feel bad about that. Everybody's got that little bobble somewhere. Um, Maybe they've never attended college or they attended college and never attained a degree. Um, For some clients, there's a period of unemployment. Perhaps they're even currently unemployed, which can be its own challenge. Some clients have changed companies more frequently than they would like. Um, Some candidates have been with the same company for 15 years or longer, which can pose its own challenge. Many, many people I speak with are concerned about the very real uh, prospect of age discrimination in the hiring process, which we know is illegal, but we also know is all too prevalent. And then on the other end, Um, younger candidates are concerned about maybe a lack of experience in the workplace Um, or maybe a candidate is switching from one industry or one functional area to another is going through a career transition. The good news is that any resume challenge you face has been confronted by many other job seekers in the past. And the second good news is that in the resume industry, 
we have multiple well-established solutions to overcome any challenge. Our role as professional resume writers is simply choosing the best solution for each client's unique situation. Don't you agree, Marie? Yes. Well, and for individuals to think about it that way, that you're allowed I think that you think there's rules when you're out there in the in the wild, wild world of job search, but really you're allowed to do, um, within reason, to do things that market you for a position. You don't have to give every little detail that might uh, get in your way, and you can use some marketing strategies to market yourself, Right. That is so true. You are totally allowed. And you know what? We're all human, and we all make little mistakes. After all, I love, Marie, I love that correlation with the marketing strategy because, you know, Coca-Cola doesn't pay for multimillion-dollar commercials that say we we have a ton of calories and we uh, cause tooth decay. And nobody would expect them to. They only tell us the positive aspects of Coca-Cola when they're marketing their product. And that's exactly what you and I do for candidates when we're creating their resume. Yes, I always tell people that they're writing a commercial, but it doesn't need to be a pharmaceutical commercial. (laughs) I love it. It's so great. Right. All of those wonderful side effects we don't need to put into our resume and that, you know, I'm sure there are some specifics that you share there in terms of what they might need to do. Is there a few strategies that you would share with people today? Um, You know, there are a number of them. And of course, um, Maria, as I'm sure you know, the resume industry is not one size fits all. That's why we write a unique resume for each client instead of, you know, just, running off copies of a template, but um, one really great strategy that I love that I've used a lot is not to go further back with career history than about 15 to maybe a maximum of 20 years, even if a client has 35 years of executive experience, putting every single bit of it on the resume, first of all, makes for a really long resume. (laughs) And second of all, it can position them as the target for age discrimination. For young people who have uh, maybe a little bit less experience than some other candidates, we definitely want to use every shred of experience that they have, and that very likely includes internships or volunteer engagement. It may even include um, entrepreneurial activities they engaged in, like dog walking or um, babysitting, or selling newspapers. So, you know, for younger people, we're definitely going to use whatever they've got, and there's no need to disclose on the resume that an internship is unpaid. It's still valuable work experience, and if it comes up in the interview, that's fine, but there's no need to volunteer that information on the resume. Right, that's part of the pharmaceutical commercial when we're specifying volunteer or part-time, all of those additional details that really don't have to be on the resume. It's not an application. Exactly. In fact, you you, um, touch on a really important, I think, factor is sometimes 
with self-written resumes, there's a little bit of a tendency to put too much information on them. And to me, the acid test is, does it fit into the sentence, hire me because? So, for example, you might say, hire me because I have an MBA, so the MBA goes on your resume. But you wouldn't say, hire me because I have rheumatoid arthritis, so your personal health information doesn't go on the resume. Um, and, I'm, Marie, I'm sure you've had that situation, too, where clients maybe sometimes volunteer a little bit more information than we really need to. Yes, yes, many times. And even down to, you know, months and years. Sometimes we need months and sometimes we don't. If you've been at a place for 20 years, there's really no need to put the months on there. The months might be helpful if you've been a, a student and have some ex- experiences that were shorter. But just thinking about does that detail really need to be shared or not? Exactly. Is and that's, you know, that's the whole point of the resume is having an impartial set of eyes and an expert who can strategize and decide what's going to showcase your experience and your expertise best. And how can I best help that client achieve their immediate career goal? Right. And again, just realizing that there's flexibility, there's not necessarily one right answer, which I think gets frustrating too. I'm sure you've talked to clients that say, I've talked to four different professionals and they've told me four different things. And sometimes that's because that professional's heard four different versions of the story. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's exactly, that's so true. We can only operate with the information that we are given. But um, that's that's so true, Marie, is I often tell um, prospective clients, um, you know, the important thing is that you choose a resume writer that you're very, very comfortable with, someone who's certified, and then that you work with that person. I'm going to guess that I could pick four different ACRW certified professional resume writers and have each of them write my resume for a sales position. And each of them would write a completely different resume. But you know what? Probably every one of those resumes would be effective. So it's hard because there's a lot of ambiguity and it's somewhat subjective. But at the end of the day, what matters is are you comfortable with that resume writer are you comfortable with your resume? And that way you can go forth confident that you're going to succeed in your job search. Right. And that also you're telling that whoever you're working with all of the details that are important so that they can help you. So tell us uh, as we close here, we've just got a few more minutes of, of our time with you, Johnny. So tell us, how people can recognize fairly quickly if their resume might be the problem. Oh, my goodness. You know, the biggest sign is that you aren't getting traction with it, that you're applying for jobs that you are well qualified for, and you're never hearing anything back. And then there's the standard uh, problems that we see in modern resumes. You're sending out a PDF file. Your contact information is in a header. Your dates are to the left of your um, company names and job titles. But really the biggest thing is 
Do you have a clear focus? Is there a branding message that hits the the prospective employer right in the face as soon as they look at that resume? And if the answer is no, that's your problem. But the good news is it's not you. It's your resume. Right. And there, as you said, there are some formatting things. There are some other things that we'll continue to talk about. If you stick with us here on The Career Confidant, we're going to say goodbye to Johnny, but we thank her for her expertise and for sharing that that great information with all of our readers. So, Johnny, how can people get a hold of you if they want to, to learn more and to follow along with the great information that you share? Um, probably the best way is to connect with me on LinkedIn, where I try to share inspiration and information daily. It's J-O-N-I-H-O-L-D-E-R-M-A-N on LinkedIn. You can also visit probably the worst small business website in the world at thriveresumes.com, which proves that I am way too busy writing great resumes to uh, elevate my talents as a WordPress developer. (laughs) Great, Johnny. So it's J-O-N-I. Holderman, H-O-L-D-E-R-M-A-N, on LinkedIn, and people can connect with you there to get your daily tips and inspiration. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing your expertise. And if you're listening here to The Career Confidant, don't go away. We're going to continue to share some great information with you when we come back from our short break. But we'll say goodbye and thank you again to Johnny. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral, and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune into Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel, and get Amplified. Are you a business innovator, or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network the bottom line in business.
You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we are talking with Johnny Holderman about your resume and getting your resume out of the last decade into this decade. And Johnny was sharing some of the information of how resumes have changed. In some ways, we've got this electronic system that's getting into the middle, and that is used by probably around 60% of companies and you know obviously larger companies are going to be more likely to be using those kinds of systems but a lot of smaller companies may outsource their hiring and so even a company you might not think about using a system is a lot of times you can tell that a company is using a system because you're redirected when you're applying to apply to a system that requires you to type in the information, key in information, and or upload your resume. And I, we tend to give this system a little bit more of the blame than perhaps it deserves. Yes, that may be the reason, especially if you're getting automated rejections. However, you can also get automated rejections if you are not following the directions, it may not necessarily be your resume, it may be the way that you're approaching the system. And most likely we are getting those because we're applying for positions for which our resume isn't written. Most of the time when I have a candidate who's struggling with their resume, it's because they are not focused. And focus is not easy. As John, Johnny and I were talking about, when we focus, it feels like we're letting things go, that we're giving up on opportunities, that we are so narrow that we're missing out on something. But the truth is that a good focus helps you know where you're going with your search and be more proactive in that search and perhaps do more than just apply online and a good focus is critical if you're applying online because those positions are as Johnny said being targeted by people who have the specific experience the position is looking for and if we aren't targeted and focused there's no way we're going to look like the most qualified position person for that position on paper. All that person has to go on is the paper. They're looking at it quickly. Even when it gets to a human, they're looking at it for six seconds. And so they need to see that if you're applying to an HR position, you have HR experience. And honestly, they don't care much about the additional things that you can do unless it's relevant to their position. They know that there's other things that whomever they hire will be able to do, but they're looking for that square peg, square hole, get someone who fits the need, and then of course they know there'll be other 
wonderful skills that whoever it is they hire brings. So we're usually trying to oversell ourselves perhaps and share all the wonderful things we can do when really it's more about focusing in on how you address that person, that company, that position's pains and needs. Now I've seen a wide range of conversation around what percentage of the requirements you need to apply for a position. There is an article going around recently how you can get a job if you only have 30% of the requirements. However, read that article closely. It says that you can get a job with 30% of the requirements if you network into that position. If you're expecting to be pulled out of a candidate pool online, you need to have many, many more. I would say most recruiters are going to say 75 to 80% of the requirements to get a job that you apply to through the internet. Blind, they don't know you. They're just looking at your resume. And in fact, probably in today's world, having even a higher percentage of the requirements is going to be necessary because it's getting more and more competitive. Does that mean that you cannot get a job that you have fewer of the requirements? Not at all. It means you'll have to job search differently. More networking, talking to people, getting your foot in the door through those types of activities versus applying online. So some of the other things that Johnny shared about our resumes was some research about how you get your resume read. And we talked about this oh, maybe almost two years ago when we had Cheryl Minnick on the show. This research is getting a little bit old, I guess, but I think it still holds true that your resume will be looked at more time if it has a good balance of white space. And as Johnny had sh shared, also looking at one color. It's interesting that most of the time people highlight the white space requirement, if you will, not necessarily the color. So that was interesting for Johnny to bring up. So let's talk about white space. I see some resumes where there is a lot of white space and that can be just as bad as not enough. It is a balance. Looking at it with your eye, does the white space help your eye read through the page or does it make the page look blank? There, that's, that can be just as much of a problem as no white space. Typically, we want to use the white space in the page, not around the page. So having one inch margins all around the page is not necessarily a good use of our white space. Most of the time I use 0.7 or 0.6 even. I don't go below 0.6 margins because when you do that, it can cut off in someone's printer. And that's not a good use of space either. But think about that. How do I best use my white space? Really, it's within the text to help people read it quickly. So the study really shows the difference between paragraphs and bullets. And the fact that when you use all lengthy paragraphs, people don't really read anything because it's too overwhelming. 
So we want to use a balance of some short paragraphs for less pertinent information, maybe the things that everyone will have. So think about the qualifications that everyone will have. They're necessary. You need those words in your resume, but they're not necessarily outstanding. Those can go into a short paragraph. And then you use bullets to tell your specific accomplishment stories, which Jan Melnick did a wonderful job sharing some strategies for getting out your accomplishment stories earlier in July. So you go back to that session in July with Jan Melnick and she'll tell you about accomplishments. But you use the bullets to get those accomplishment stories in some space around those bullets so that they're easily identifiable. And you're making those short-ish, they don't necessarily all have to be one line, but they're short and crisp and clearly specific value add stories. Now, if you use a big, huge, long list of bullets, which I'm going to say is some somewhere around more than five or six bullets, you diminish the value of your bullet. You cancel out its effect. When everything is bulleted, I don't know what you think is most important. A bullet is supposed to tell me that this is important. And that means that not everything can be bulleted in our business. When we see a resume that is all over bullets, we call it a polka dot resume. And we don't need all those polka dots on your resume. Just enough bullets to show those accomplishments for the position that are relevant and show your value. Now, the color piece scares some people. What are we doing with color? You know, isn't it too much? That is going to depend on your audience. Does it make sense to use color for your audience? If they're an older, more traditional company and you're an executive, it might not. If you are a fun, hit marketing person and you're applying to an old, traditional company, you still want to be careful it's that it's that common ground between you and your design sense and your brand and the company and what they're looking for and actually your brand is both includes both of those things considers both of those things your strengths and their needs so one color does not have to be overwhelming you can use it as border lines so that the lines on the page would have some color. You can use it for the bullets on the page. You could use it for some of your symbols that you're using in between items or on a list or whatever that might be. You can use it for text. I tend to be careful using color for text, realizing that if my person is printing it on a non-color printer, how is that going to look? So I'm very careful with any light colored text Dark colored text can be okay because, of course, when someone prints it, even if they don't have a color printer, it'll probably print okay. But you want to consider all of those elements. Color is not going to mess up an applicant tracking system at all. Lines are not going to mess up an applicant tracking system at all. If you're using the border function in Word, they will stay where they are. They'll be look nice and neat and give your document a modern design. 
Graphics, of course, will not go through an applicant tracking system as we've talked about before, but that doesn't mean that you need to worry about not putting them on. They just won't go through the applicant tracking system, but they'll still be there when that HR person goes back to review your resume as it was uploaded, which most of the time that's what they're going to share with the individuals on their team. So we're going to take a short break here and we'll come back and talk more about some of the strategies that Johnny was referencing that you can use to address some issues in your resume. All of us have issues in our resume, whether that's a gap or a, a demotion or maybe we are higher level than we want to be. So we'll give you a few hints at a few of those issues and close out here with our resume show, giving you what you need to make your resume shine here in 2016. So we'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Effective leadership is what will propel the world, organizations, and businesses through a range of dynamic changes. How do you keep up with these changes, build skills, and lead effectively? Listen for Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. Maureen offers tools and engaging guests who are leaders in their field. With each week, you'll work on and improve your skills to lead with confidence and drive your organization's success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. 
Welcome back to the Career Confidant, and today we've been talking about your resume and taking it from 2005 to 2016. Talked a lot about systems and how systems may be getting in your way, but don't blame, don't play the blame game. In in those in that application, there may be other things that are going on. The number one issue is focus. So let's talk about that. When you are sitting down to look at your resume, I want you to gather job descriptions that you are applying to, want to apply to, have applied to, and put them into some sort of categories. Group them with other like job descriptions, if you will. And you should have a resume that specifically addresses any of those piles. So if you're applying to HR positions in larger companies and general manager or office CAOs, senior executive administrator type of roles, then those should be two different resumes, one that is highly focused on HR and one that shares the more general overall administration types of things that you would do for that smaller organization who's going to hire a COO or C. I guess it's called Chief Administrative Officer, CAO type of position. They cannot be the same resume. So get together your positions and really think about your audience as well as the type of position and how you can make your resumes as specific as possible to those two things at what I call your what and your where. What are you doing in that job and where or who's your audience? When you have those two things in front of you, then you can look at your resume and be harsh. Go through and think, does this apply to that job? Does this demonstrate a skill that this job is looking for? You've looked at the positions, you know what skills they're looking for, whether you've highlighted or underlined or whatever it is that you use to help yourself really dig into what are they looking for. Then you're going through that resume and really being critical of each sentence, maybe even down to the word level, but you can start at the sentence level. Does this accomplishment, does this duty in my job matter for this future job? And be very careful with duties. We want to minimize kind of that responsibility language in our documents. That's not going to be differentiating. You can work those into accomplishment statements as much as possible. And you shouldn't really worry about putting any responsibilities or duties on there that aren't aren't relevant to the position that you're targeting. Now, if you're career changing, you might have to take a little bit more latitude there and, and show some things that you were doing at your other job, even if they are not 100% relevant, but you want to target it as much as possible. Then, of course, when you're looking at a specific position to apply, you can make some little adjustments to target that document. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't take you that much time because your document overall is focused on a, a specific what and aware as much as possible from the beginning. 
So that's your number one first thing to check with yourself and try to be as honest with yourself as possible. Are your documents focused? If you're applying to a position, is it clear right away that you are 90% qualified for the position? Again, if you're applying online, we've got to have that close match. Second issue that most people have to deal with is some kind of gap or unemployment. So first strategy here is to not feel compelled to have to share months with every position. If you don't share months, you don't need them on any position. You want to stay consistent there. If you've had long histories at each job and and maybe six months or so gap in between, it really doesn't matter. The hiring manager does not need all of that detail. Take off those months and see what it looks like. If you feel like hiding those months is untruthful, then it may be. (laughs) We don't want to stretch that too far, but most people who have a good deal of work experience do not need the months on their resume. If you've been unemployed all of 2016, so the last date on your resume is 2015, then you might think about some other ways to fill that gap, either school classes you've been taking and or sign up to take at the moment, volunteer work. You don't want to waste too much space on the page with those information unless you're doing a career change and that education is helping you to move into the new direction. If you're simply showing that, hey, I've been doing something that doesn't need to take up too much space on the page, we want your experience, that relevant experience, to take up the most space on the page. Tell people what you're doing, otherwise they're going to assume the worst. They are going to assume the worst if you don't give them something to go off of. Other thing with being unemployed or having a gap, if it was a while back, and even maybe it was two years, but it was 10 years ago, you don't need to worry about that. If someone is worried about it, they'll ask. An application will ask you to cover every time period, perhaps, but on a resume, you don't need to. So I work with quite a few individuals who had a gap back in 2008, 2009, when the downturn happened. And if you've been employed in multiple positions since then, which most people have been, thankfully, there's no reason to feel like you need to address that gap if you didn't work in 2009, let's say. So don't worry about all those little gaps all the way back. No reason to put why you left or that you were laid off or fired. None of those things go on a resume. You'll have to worry about how you're going to speak to that when you fill out that application. So we are on a repeat show next week for Labor Day. I hope you enjoy your Labor Day holiday. And then when we come back to the show here in September, we are um, blessed to have a great lineup of guests to share information with you. So when we come back in September, we're going to have some more career experts on the show talking about how to manage your search and especially with September being kind of update your resume month, we'll be 
featuring some other resume experts to give you more content on improving your resume. So we look forward to having you join us right back here on the Career Confidant. You can always reach me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at astrategicadvantage.com. And we'll see you right back here again next week for the Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.